Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. He brings the passion. For what? I want to know now. I'm, I'm mentally invested. Don't tell me to pray and you don't say what for. He brings the perspective. Yeah, I I they both have a great point. Get off me, text line. Uh, he's truly one of a kind. That is wow. Oh, my God. Oh. And he's doing a great job. I okay. need you to man up and say what you really want to say. Simon, you're doing a great job. They are Steiny and Guru yeah. on 95.7 The Game. What up, though? Man, Steiny be bullying Guru. Every time I hear that cut, I start cracking up. I'm Jason Dumas. That's FP Santangelo filling in for Steiny and Guru here on this Friday afternoon. First time meeting FP, man. How's it going, brother? Good, dude. How are you? You got any big New Year's Eve plans? What do you got going? Man, I'm sitting on my couch. New Year's Eve, I, I can get after it, but New Year's Eve is that one holiday. It gets a little too wild for me. I, I prefer to stay out of the streets on New Year's Eve. Well, it is rookie night. It's amateur night. It's yeah. like all the people that don't drink all year decide to drink. And exactly. Then it messy. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I'll be out in the streets the rest of the year. I'll bring in the New Year, sitting on my couch, watching some TV. I'll have a drink in my hand, but I don't, I don't need all the extra stuff that comes with New Year's Eve partying. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot. I'm going to L.A. today to meet up with some friends, and who knows what we get into, but I'm oh, excited. is going to be a good time. I'm just excited to get out of town a little bit. You know, like when you live in the city every once in a while, they yeah, it you need to change to get, the scenery. The walls start to close in on you a little bit. So, yeah, a little change of scenery, and we'll see what happens in L.A. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know last night you were at that Warriors game, and that was a snooze fest. I mean, no one played well. We had Jonathan Kaminga telling us he can beat anybody off the dribble. He's going to be, he needs a role. And he throws up a dud. Steph Curry, rare to say this, but he didn't play well. He seems fatigued. I know you have some opinions on Steph Curry and how he looks. And this is a team that just doesn't have an identity, FP. And I don't know where it's going. I, I really don't. We don't know when Draymond's coming back. GP2 will probably be next week. I know the Warriors, they practice at noon today. We'll hear from Steve Kerr, see what he has to say about what happened last night. But where do you where do you go from here? Like, I, How do you even attack this problem that the Warriors have, which seems just to be living in mediocrity? Yeah, I, th- I think they've set the standard so high that we're used to seeing something different. And you watched the Heat last night, and they just outplayed them. They were quicker. They were faster. They got to every loose ball. They were making all their shots. They they looked more athletic. They had more spring in their step. You know, you saw a lot of bad body language with the Warriors last night. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I think there's some soul searching that has to happen here. But do they have enough talent? Like it, the bottom line is, do they? I mean, it seems like Steph, and if Steph ain't Stephen then they're in trouble. And I watched them last night, so my favorite part about going to games is looking at things other than the obvious and not following the ball and just watching Steph try to get open. And one of the things I've marveled at over the years is how in shape Steph is and how hard he works away from the ball mm-hmm. to get open. And he does it for the whole game. Yeah, he runs like seven miles a game Dude, or something it, But crazy. it's crazy, but he runs like seven hard miles, like yeah. seven six-and-a-half-minute miles. Like, like up Russian Hill. He's like, not like 10 minutes and 30-second miles like me, just limping around with two bad <laughs> knees. Like He's getting after it. And last night, I, I, I don't want to be like an alarmist here. But, like, just looking at him, there was something off. Right. And I don't know if he's playing through something 
because he's got the big knee brace on his left knee. But I, I, as a guy that's had bad knees, and I'm not saying he does or doesn't, the deceleration part was always the hardest for me, like the brakes, if you will. And when I watched him kind of just like keep running out of bounds, a little three, four, five steps maybe, instead of like, er, and stopping, and he just kind of let, let it roll through the stop sign a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on, but I think he's playing through something. Yeah, to me is is fatigue. He seems exhausted. He doesn't know where that secondary scorer is coming from from night to night. Throughout this dynasty, he had Clay Thompson at peak power. He knew if he was off, Clay was there to back him up. He knew if he was on, he still had Clay. There's just a calming presence knowing you have your sidekick there. And then obviously Kevin Durant comes in. That speaks for itself. The championship year, he had Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins playing the best basketball of their life. Those two could be relied on for anything that year in 2022 when they beat Boston. But this past year, really these last two years, Steph doesn't know what he's going to get. He doesn't know what he's going to get from Clay. He doesn't know what he's going to get from Andrew Wiggins. He doesn't know what he's going to get from Jonathan Kaminga. He has... He doesn't know what he's going to get from Draymond. He don't even know if Draymond's going to be playing from night to night with what Draymond's been going through. So I think that's a mental fatigue when you don't, when you're telling yourself, I got to play perfect because I don't know if I'm going to have someone to back me up today out there on the court. It's like all or nothing. And that has to be mentally taxing. And. This physically, too. Physically. Yeah, you just don't know where the next bucket is coming from if it's not you scoring. And that is the Warriors' problem to me. They have, they have like seven guys of equal talent level who are all like complementary role players. They don't have a second guy who is like a 1B to Steph or even just a 2 to Steph. They have Steph and then there's a huge drop off and then it's just a bunch of guys. And I don't mean that to be insulting because every championship team needs a bunch of guys to do a certain role, to do what they're paid to do and help them win a championship. You know, all parts together assembles one core. But the Warriors are missing that part that is the complementary part to Steph. So it's just right now you're just seeing Steph and then just a bunch of guys you don't know what you're going to get from night to night. So you're around the Warriors a lot. You've seen them play over the years a lot. And correct me if I'm wrong. I obviously don't know everything. But when they were playing well, it was on defense and they got out in transition and it allowed Steph to have space and to have open jumpers. When they're playing well and there's other guys, the defense has to respect those other guys. So whether you penetrated and dish back to Steph, he seemed like he always had looks. Like this year, I'm watching guys, like last night I was frustrated because he was bringing the ball up and everyone was just standing there. They were spread out, but they were standing. And nobody was moving on offense. And I feel like over the years when they're successful, it's just like everybody's, it's, it's the extra pass, it's everyone's moving, they're creating. As a defense, I have to respect somebody else besides Steph, and that would give Steph like chances. Now I just see Steph like at the top of the three-point arc, at the top of the key, just kind of running in little circles, and everything's congested, and he's trying to get a pick to get open, and he just never has that 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 open look it seems like because teams know that like you said to your point there i don't have to worry about anybody else we're gonna let pajimski beat us we're gonna let clay beat us we're gonna let whoever beat us steph ain't beating us so now and, and they're not beating anybody and he's yeah and he's just he's just not getting open looks he just isn't and then last night i watched him away from the ball like i said already and he just didn't have that same like fire or spring and and jason like the, the shot that we have on 95 7 on our Instagram that you showed me before the show. Them on the bench. Yes, yes. Of Clay and Steph after the game. Steph had the towel over his head and Clay just staring. You know what that was? In what my does opinion? that tell you as an athlete I, who's been, been in the fire? They're fighting it. They're, they're, fight, they're fighting. They're, they're champions and, and they are warriors in every sense of the word, right? Mm -hmm. But they're fighting getting used to losing. Like that, That's a battle that you go through as a team where... You come back in the locker room after the game, and you get to a point where guys aren't taking it as hard anymore. And all of a sudden, it's okay to lose. And those guys have so much jewelry and so many championships and so much resume that that was me seeing them there going like, kind of like, what has this come to look? Like, Clay was just staring, dude. I've been there where you're just sitting on the bench staring after a game, and you're just like, 
what the f like what what like wtf like i'm gonna keep fighting this and we got to keep fighting this we can't let these young guys get used to losing we can't let these young guys think it's okay to lose we can't get embarrassed like we did i mean the heat everything they did was better than the Warriors all night. That and, heat uh, culture is real, by woo, the way. Eric, they don't miss. Pat Riley, they they squeeze the most juice out of their team year after year. I mean, they were playing yesterday without Jimmy Butler, their best player. You didn't even realize it. No Kyle Lowry. It was crazy. So I was down in Santa Cruz last night doing the Santa Cruz Warriors game. They were actually playing against the Heat's G League team, and it was it's rare that you see a team's G League team in the same city on a given time as the main team. So two two or three of the G League team players that were supposed to be on the Sioux Falls Sky Force, they actually had to go up to San Francisco and suit up for the Miami Heat because they had so many injuries. And the Heat still rocked the Warriors. That's just Heat culture right there. And that's real. And it's funny because people used to speak that way about the Warriors. Warriors culture you come there you go there to win rings and I don't want to take anything away from them I mean, they've been so successful for rings in in a decade and That's amazing. You know, it's it's hard to do that But now it it, it feels like we are like at the end We're at the end and we're trying to squeeze out all we can and it's just it's just not there It's like you're 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 you're, you're ringing a rag, but the rag is dry so like, let me ask you this: Like, they've been playing well lately. They they played well in the in the Christmas Day loss to the Nuggets in mm -hmm. Denver. Last night they laid an egg. So, did they lay an egg, or was Steph not a hundred percent, and the the Heat just came to play? And should we be panicking over one game, or just panic this fact that what are they eleven seed right now in the West? Yeah, I don't think it's panic over one one game, FP. I think it's panic over the totality of what we've right. seen. Right. You, you know, it's just it's mediocrity. It, they're not they're not the worst team in the world. They're far from the best team in the world. They're just living in that middle ground, which, you know, the record tells them that. And look, over the last I'm looking at Steph Curry's numbers over the last uh, six games. He has a 13 piece in there, an 18 piece and a seven piece. Now, look, Steph Curry's, you know, he's. It's hard-pressed for me to criticize the guy. All he's accomplished, even this year, he's playing well. He's averaging 27 points per game. But in the last two weeks, he just seems fatigued. Even in that 30-piece that he had, 33-piece he had against the Celtics, it was a very hot and cold 33 points. Like, it was a very streaky 33 points. It was late. Yeah, yeah. First three quarters is where Steph. Then he just exploded in that fourth quarter and in overtime. He went crazy, and he did what Steph does. But he just doesn't seem right. He does not seem right right now. And obviously, the Warriors can only go as far as he goes. But he needs help. I think they need to consolidate this roster. They have too many guys who need minutes so it's hard to get people people a rhythm like ha have you played on, on on a team where you don't know how much time you're going to get from day to day you don't know what your role is yeah I, I i knew what my role was always and it was mixing the gatorade on the end of the bench so <laughs> when i did that I, I knew i was ready to play but like when you talk about this is a great question jason because it's all you have to do is look at the 2023 20, giants yeah the, the, those guys didn't know if they were an opener a starter a closer sean Manaya did about five different things last year guys signed like big deals and they were getting pinch hit for in the fourth inning and you got michael conforto and mitch hanniger who signed these deals to come over and all of a sudden they're platoon players and they're getting pinch chip for and then I, I would just say this as an athlete what does that do to the psyche yeah as an athlete when i don't know if i have a role we're all creatures of habit right we're all, especially in baseball and i'm sure it's the same in basketball it's about routine it's about if we're winning i'm driving the same way to the ballpark every day it's about i get to my locker at this time i used to stretch for a seven o'clock game at like six twenty-four every night and i'd run out at the same time every night and then you knew you were getting four at-bats, and maybe if a big spot came up late, I knew that if there was a guy with a day off that was one of our best players that I might get pinch hit for. I never liked it. You should never like it. But like, if you're always looking over your shoulder and you're always wondering and you don't know what your role is, 
you can't get into a routine. And once you get into that routine, dude, you have to stay with that routine. You can't because I went 0 for 10 or I was 1 for 10 from the floor, get away from routine because then you're lost. You're changing your stance, you're changing your shot, you're changing your this. So as an athlete, we love to know like what our role is, where, when do we contribute. Dusty Baker's coming on 11 o'clock today. And Dusty was the best manager at telling me when I was going to play. He would come back on the plane with a piece of paper in his hand, like a little piece of paper, and he would say, you're playing the second game in Philly, you're playing the first game in New York, you're playing the third game in Pittsburgh, get your sleep. And so as a bench player, to know that and not have to have anxiety all day in my hotel room, am I playing today, am I not playing today, and walk in the clubhouse and look, am I in the lineup, and like, oh, I'm in the lineup today, uh-oh. He would let me know. And that, that was a luxury that no other manager ever afforded me. So I knew as a giant, I had a really good year. I knew when I was playing. Every once in a while, Barry would come up to me and say, hey, you feel like playing today? I don't feel like playing today. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, cool. I got incentives. Like, that's good. He goes, I, and then he'd walk into Bake's office and then come back out. And he's like, you're playing left field today. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does help. Just like not, physically, it helps too, by the way. Right. Because like you, you gear yourself up for when you're playing. And then mentally it helps big time because like it's my confidence. It's my day. Like I'm ready. I got my sleep. I got my rest. I'm gonna eat right. And you know maybe if you know you're not playing, I'm just gonna get a pinch hit late in the game. You stay out a little bit later the night before with your buddies. But like you got to comport yourself in a certain way. That's being a professional. Yeah, it's all about routine, Jason. Like if you get into a good routine and it works for you, like Wade Boggs ate chicken before every game. Like whatever it is, people call it superstition, right. but I used to call it routine. And if you read any kind of like sports psychology book. They'll tell you, man, get into a routine, get into a rhythm, because the season's about a rhythm, and it's about a flow. Mm -hmm. And if you don't ever get into a flow or a rhythm, it's like, I'm playing today, ah, I'm getting pinch hit for, hey, they're whistling at you, come back from the bench, come back to the bench, we're pinch hitting for you, or like, I'm, I'm a closer one day, I'm throwing the first inning the next day, they signed me as a starter, I'm coming in the third inning now, I'm the feature guy from the third to the sixth, and it's it, like, you got to warm up at the bullpen during the game, and you're used to like coming out early and running your sprints on the field and kind of getting a feel for the atmosphere of the ballpark and, and just kind of getting ready and you've done that your whole life as a starter and now you're like coming in the seventh inning like wait what so yeah i mean that's a great question dude it, it's about rhythm it's about routine wow like you just that is the warriors this season and you, you said it correctly is also the giants this past season and you, you just never know who's going to play what night now i want to ask you another question that guru and i were speaking about earlier this year so jonathan kamika moses moody those are the two guys perfect example they just never really know their role they've been on the team three years now one day one guy's going to play one day the next guy's going to play they'll be in the rotation for a good two weeks then all of a sudden they won't the Warriors have two rookies this year who are playing great basketball. Trace Jackson Davis, Brandon Pajemski. Really good players. A great infusion of youth into the lineup. A few weeks ago, Steve Kerr said, Brandon Pajemski has to play. He's in the rotation. He is going to be in the rotation from here on out. He is one of the guys. If you're Moses Moody and Jonathan Kamiga and you hear that, how present is resentment and jealousy in locker rooms. Now, I'm not saying Kaminga and Moody are jealous of Brandon Bajemski, but when you're fighting for a role for three years, and then you see a rookie come in and, I don't want to say given the role because he's earned it, he's played really good basketball, but you have a coach so outwardly say, he's in the rotation, he has to play. When you feel like you've done everything you could and you've played good basketball and you still don't get that guarantee from your coach and you have to think, when is my next minutes coming? Do you, is that a thing? Do you think that perks up their ears and could resonate in a negative way? I, I think self-awareness is huge as a pro professional athlete. And you want to do everything you can in your power to play. And if you've done everything you can... And then you don't play or you don't get the time. That could be frustrating. But we had a saying, and I said this the other day on the show, if you don't like it, play better. That All was right. kind of a saying in the clubhouse. You don't like it, play better. And for me, if you're, if you're Moody or Kaminga, you have to play so well and do everything so well that there's no you leave, you leave no doubt 
that you have to play. You got to force his hand. And when Steve was on here the other day, he said, when you break, when Steve Kerr was on the other day, when you break down film and you watch certain things and we really get into it, there's certain things that Kaminga could do better. We just see points and rebounds and dunks. But there's all kinds of other things that go into playing time. It's how you act in the locker room with your teammates. Are you always hurt? Are you always on the Body table? Body language. Are you on the training table all the time? Are you tough? Are you durable? Are you playing hard? Are you you know, in the right spot for rebounds? Are you boxing out? Are you cutting at the right time in the right place? Are you? There's so many different things that go into it. Like I've, I've, I've known a lot of players that fa- they get traded and fans are like, why did we trade that guy? I'm like, well, <laughs> if you knew what I knew, he's kind he, of an he, asshole. Was, he was soft, he was kind of an a-hole. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, So there's other things that go into it. I'm not saying with these guys, because I don't know, I'm not in the locker room, you're around the team way more than I am, but just so much more goes into it. And if, if you want to play, you force the issue. Like, you force it, force it. Like, force it. And it's like, well, I'm not getting playing time. I've been there before. Like, I went into Davey Johnson's office. I told a story the other day, hitting 196. And I went, like, you go into a man, big league manager's office hitting 196 saying I should play more? I look back at it like, what were you doing, idiot? Right. But at that time, my take was, and I'm sure this is like well, how Kaminga feels, like, if you play me more, I'll play better. But you're playing me once a week. I can't get into any kind of rhythm. I got no timing at the plate. 94 looks like 104. But if I play every day, I can slow things down and I'll, my average will go up. But you can't, you can't go into like a man. I look back at that like, dude, what were you thinking? But like, that's, that's, that's the, the conundrum, right? But like, in, in those times that I was given an opportunity to play for the Dodgers, I should have got three hits a game and then two hits a game and then three hits and then made it where Davey had to play me because the media is coming to you and the teammates are coming to you like he's got to play. Right. Like don't, don't leave any doubt, dude. Go out there and ball out. Not just good, but so great that he has to play you. And that's the way that, that works in any line of work, dude. Like you got, if your performance and your work, your workplace productivity is so high, they can't. You make yourself irreplaceable in relationships with friends or significant others at the workplace. You do so well, you work so hard, you perform at such a high level that you make yourself irreplaceable, and you get more minutes, you get a higher salary, you get promoted, you're you, you're successful, and you embrace the suck, you embrace the hard. Like, like everybody says, this is hard. It's hard. I'm not playing. It's hard. Yeah, but it's how you look. It's all about perspective. To me, I don't know. FP got me fired up in here. I'm about to run through a brick wall. <laughs> well, look, Kaminga, man, he said earlier this week, you know, I feel like I can get by anybody in the league. Everything's confusing. I look at his line last night. He, he's not awful. He, he's 5 of 11, four, 5 rebounds and assists, 10 points. He's minus 26, but pretty much everybody, everybody had a negative plus minus on the team except Trace Jackson Davis. Um and Andrew Wiggins, but Andrew Wiggins didn't play all that well either. It's he hasn't been he ha, Kaminga hasn't been great to the point where Steve Kerr has to keep him on the floor. See, he just hasn't. You don't like it? Play better. Now, do I think that Jonathan Kaminga is held to a higher standard than maybe some of his peers? I do. There are some times where I hear Steve talking about him, and I'm looking at the box score, and I'm like. Well, you know what? Andrew Wiggins literally sleepwalks through three quarters half the time. He doesn't rebound at a high rate. He's not physical. How come you don't speak this way of Andrew Wiggins? Now, is it because Andrew Wiggins is more accomplished in the NBA and he's not young? Maybe that maybe that be the case. But there is sometimes where I think, all right, Steve, I get it. I get you're trying to instill some habits. Give the kid a little more of a runway. Let him work through his mistakes a little more. That's my only issue is I think Kaminga and Moody, I think they're very talented. And I think they are just held to this. They almost have to be perfect, FP. They almost have to be perfect to get minutes consistently. And I don't think their peers on this version of the Warriors, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, I don't think those guys are good enough anymore to have the equity that they're being given. Dude, we, we talked the other day, Dan and I, Dan Devone, we talked three and a half hours about Kaminga's quotes yeah. and, and what he said. So for me last night for JK, you had to come out 
and get after it. Yeah. You, you got to walk the talk. Because that was the first game since those. If you're gonna, if you're gonna say what you said, okay, it's out there, and now you got to have the best game you've ever had. Right. You you have to. And he did. It was a dud. Like you got you got to go out there and and back up what you say. So what he said, I had no problem with. Mm-hmm. I did have a problem with it leaving the locker room because right. that's that's your sanctuary. Yeah, he told it, Marcus it, Thompson. He should have he should have told Steve Kerr that. Like walked into his office and said, "Hey, look, they can't all stay these in things." Front of me. I had Steve on the show. We had Steve, and I, I asked him. I said, "Like, is there a part of you that wishes that wasn't public?" And that he came to you and talked about it. And Steve was really politically correct and answered it wonderfully. But you know, those things should always be in house. Because once it gets out, then you and I are talking about it. All the fans are talking about it. The media is talking. Now it's a thing. You never want anything to be a thing because it dis- it detracts your focus. Now you got to worry about that instead of going out and just playing a game and winning. Yeah, that's and that's something I want to touch on. I know we're up against it with the break, but that's something I want to touch on on the other side. How how players' interactions with the media can affect the locker room because. It's something that we've been talking about all week, and I'm sure the Warriors don't feel like answering questions about Jonathan Kaminga and his role and what he said, if he can get by. So that's interesting. That's FP. I'm Jason Dumas. We are filling in for Steiny and Guru. We'll be right back after this break, and that segment is sponsored by Lucky California. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. FP, Jason Dumas filling in for Steiny and Guru. Looks like they're trying to squeeze out a beautiful day outside. It was gloomy when I was walking over here, but I see the sun peeking through out there on Friday afternoon, San Francisco. And you know what? The Warriors, they're at practice right now. I think practice, I was told media is at noon, so they're probably on the practice court right now. They have a lot of questions they have to answer as we head into this new year, Michael Dunleavy, the GM, he is going to earn his paycheck this year. I think he's going to be working the phones. I think they have too many players that they have to get minutes to. I think they need to consolidate that roster. FP, you were at the game last night. Did you almost fall asleep? Like, what What was the scene like? I was crushing vodka sodas. Good. Go so it, it all looked good to me. <laughs> no, you know what? You, how you much they run you at Chase Center? Oh, I, man. I don't really drink much at Chase because I'm usually there working, but I already know they, they robbed you without a ski mask. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, no, probably, don't talk about probably that. Probably on the flagship station, I probably should just stay away from how much they cost. Yeah, it, it, oh, it, it was an amazing it was experience old. at Chase Center. It was great, except for I'm broke. No, it, it was, uh, yeah, th- thanks to Raymond Ritter for hooking it all up last night. He's the best. He's the best in the business. Just a wonderful dude. So, um, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I thought at one time when they were down by like 15, I was at the, 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 the Celtics game, they came back. Right. So I was waiting for Steph to like turn it on and do that 
that fourth quarter thing. But mm-hmm. then I'm watching, like you said, the the energy level. He was just he was just running on empty. And and just to reiterate what I said, not to be an alarmist or or speculate, but like as an athlete, you see things. And I just thought he just didn't seem healthy. He doesn't seem a hundred percent to me. I don't know what he's got going on. He's got that big knee brace over his left knee. I don't know if he's got something going on there. But he just does not seem 100% to me. Now, look, we've been talking about Steph Curry and the Warriors. we got Kevin from San Francisco. He wants to talk about Steph Curry. Kevo, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. Can you guys hear me? Yep, we got you. Awesome, awesome. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, I, I wanted to touch on Steph's struggles over the last few weeks. Um, I feel like everyone has just been kind of brushing it off as there's just too much pressure on him. Uh, we need to trade Draymond and Kaminga for somebody like Trey Young. I couldn't believe that take that I heard on Morning Roast earlier. It was a really, really bad take. Yeah, it sounds um, bad. Sounds <laughs> bad. <laughs> Wait, what was the take? Yeah, but, what was the take? Who who for Trey Young? Oh, I mean, I forget I forget who it was on the morning roast. One of the one of the hosts said that he threw out an idea of trading Draymond and Kaminga for uh, for Trey Young to add a new Splash Brother to the mix, and I was just like, "Oh my God, this, I got to call in. I got to call him later." Wasn't able to call in then, but I got to call in now. <laughs> that was that was our guy Lutman over there, but oh, yeah, man. no, he doesn't like defense, I guess. But anyway, yeah, yeah, what, no, what do you, what do you what do you think is the root of some of Steph's struggles over the last two to three weeks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's no coincidence that Steph's struggle started. If you look at it, it literally started the day Draymond got suspended. Mm. So first 20 games of the season, Steph was putting up MVP numbers, right? Steph was averaging about 30, shooting close to 50% and over 40 from three. Since Draymond's suspension, Steph hasn't eclipsed 20 points in, ten, in five of the last 10 games. He's shooting about 40% and other than like one outlier of one incredible game, he's shooting like under 30% from three. And uh, the main thing, reason why I'm saying Draymond is the key here on this is that Draymond has always been the facilitator for the Warriors offense over the years, right? Draymond's IQ and chemistry with Steph and Clay is so high that he's the one that always helps them find open, easy shots to get them going throughout the game. And that's what they're missing right now. I mean, Draymond, he's the number one assister in Steph Curry's career. And I feel like people don't really give him enough credit for that, right? Like, if you look at the last two weeks, Steph isn't getting anything easy. The pace is super slow, which is creating more one-on-one matchups. Steph is just working way too hard and can't get easy buckets, and his effectiveness is dropped. I know we all love Steph, and I, I think he's one of the greatest players to ever play. He's my favorite player of all time. But, like, the reality is, like, Steph needs ball movement. He needs to be coming off the screens. He needs to have somebody like Draymond who could literally anticipate a throw just like Brock Purdy, (laughs) better than Brock Purdy, coming off the screens. And I think what we're seeing right now with the game, I mean, I'm I'm a season ticket holder. I've watched every single game. I've I've been watching a lot of what what I'm seeing. And Kaminga, he's he's amazing 101, but he doesn't quite understand the process of ball movement and where the ball needs to swing. Yeah, it sticks in his hands. He's incredible. He slows everything. He slows everything down, and it's you know he's great at the pick and roll, but this chemistry with Steph isn't there. So again, I I just I really think people are are overlooking really the importance of Draymond and how easy what what he does for Steph, how he enables Steph, and really he's the energy that we're missing right now. So thanks for the call, Kev. He might be on to something. I, I know Steph has been struggling, and I've noticed it myself. I was in a group chat last night with a couple of my buddies, and I, I'm asking them. I didn't get to watch the game live because I was down in Santa Cruz doing the Santa Cruz Warriors game, and uh, I just saw the the box score and I immediately texted my buddies and I'm like, is it safe to say, like, can we say Steph has been struggling now? Like, is it safe? And, uh, yeah, they just said he looks tired, but maybe it does coincide with, with Draymond green. You know, is is that a real thing FP when you have chemistry with a guy so much so that when that guy is not on the field or, or on the court that it affects you as well? Yeah, when you have a relationship with somebody, sure. And you know where they're going to be, and you know, it's all unspoken because you just played together for so long. Yeah, there's something to that. That was a good call. Um, I would love to see the games. I'm trying to Google it. Sorry I wasn't looking at you right there. I was trying, no, to, go- I was trying to Google it uh, and see how Steph did when Draymond was suspended for five games. Right. I feel like he did real well. 
Yeah. And maybe maybe now that it's a little bit more than that, and we don't know when Draymond's coming back, we kind of know, but we don't know, and we don't we even know what he's dealing with, and I think it's dangerous to speculate. That that I, I feel like Steph was still playing the MVP-type level when Draymond wasn't there for those five games, but maybe over the long haul. I'm try, I, I don't remember the games when Draymond was out the first time. Well, I can't keep track. I think it was disguised a little bit. This, this most recent Draymond suspension... They they won five straight. <laughs> the fact that we're like yeah. recent, which suspension was it? Right. You, do, do, I don't want to get. I don't want to go too deep in this, Jason. And I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, go but, ahead. But like, like availability and knowing my teammate's going to be there for me is such a huge thing. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 okay. You can play defense. You have intensity. Uh, you do all the things right. What the caller just said, but if you're not there for me and you're not available, and I don't know when you're going to be available, if you're going to be available, if you're going to get kicked out of this game, that game, like consistency and availability as 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 a teammate is huge to me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm always looking over my shoulder, ability, that's what he, they is say. It, is it here? He goes again. Is it, so that's another tool, like it, you know, speed, whatever, whatever, posting. Like posting and playing that game and knowing you're going to be there and I can count on you is so huge. And that's, you know, and now I don't know when he's coming back, when he's getting suspended. Is he going to get double text and be out of the game again? Is he going to make his own agenda with a referee more important than our agenda of winning a game? Those are all things to me that at this point in his career, yeah, maybe two years ago, everything that last caller just said is true. But like this year, Dude, I don't know if, if 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 like Barry Bonds got tossed out of games left and right, and Barry's time at bat came up in the eighth inning with the game on the line, and he was in the locker room drinking a beer, and he wasn't <laughs> there for me. Bryce Harper as a young player used to get thrown out all the time, right? And his time would come up in the seventh or eighth or ninth inning with a game on the line, and you made your frustration with an umpire or your frustration with an official more important than us winning a game. And you put that in front of it. To me, that's that's something that 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 I think the team has to address. Like whatever whatever Draymond's going through right now, whatever counseling he's getting, whatever he has to do to get better. The, the number one thing I would say is his teammate is like, man, I need you, dude, and I need you there for me. And Steph, maybe like I need we we need you, but but to be consistent every single night. To do, I know you're going to be there the whole game. I'm not gonna, three games get suspended for five games. Come back for three games. Get suspended for thirteen days. Whatever it is, like I need to know you're going to be there for me. And at this point, you just don't know what you're going to get from Draymond because now he's on such thin ice with the league, where obviously you want him to be himself, but you don't. You you can't have the extra stuff anymore because it's costing the team. It's costing him. The team suffers when he's not on the court. And that consistency, and like that caller said, Kevin said that it seems like it's affecting Steph on the court. You want Draymond to be who he is, but if he if he keeps at it, you just don't know. Like the next suspension might be twenty games. Like you really don't know. Shoot, this one might be twenty games. I mean, it's already been what, like seven, eight? I think they're they went five and oh they're five and two without him. It's been seven games. Uh they've lost their last two. They won five in a row without him. Uh they play the Mavericks tomorrow. That's gonna be a tough game. Luca is playing amazing basketball right now. Uh Jason Kidd coming home, Oakland guy. So it's going to be interesting to see just the whole dynamic once he comes back. And what I'm most curious about, last year, FP, Draymond said after he punched Jordan Poole, he felt like he lost his voice in the locker room. And a lot of things went astray in the locker room that he said, usually I'd be able to speak up, tighten it up. But I felt like I lost my voice after I punched Jordan, so I kept quiet. And he said it took me a while to regain my voice. And he said that he said that to me before the season this year. Do you think he lost his voice again? Like when he comes back, whether it is in a week or in three weeks or whenever, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be some point in January. He'll he'll return. Is his voice going to resonate in 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 the locker room with his peers? Like, 
or are they going to be like, dude, you just you just left us for the last for the last month? Well, how as someone who's been in the trenches, I know everything is contextual. But when you look at this situation, how do you think he will be received when he comes back? I, I don't know their dynamic, right? I'm not mm-hmm. there, and this is just my perspective, and right. and I could be wrong. But when you go on the injured list in baseball. And you're just you're hurt, and you're getting treatment every day. You feel like you're not part of it. Mm-hmm. So say you're the leader of the team, and you're hurt. You're not out there going to battle with us every night, and you're not in the trenches. So even just being hurt and on the disabled list or the injured list uh, takes away from whatever leadership role you might have. You could pull a guy aside, a young guy maybe, but when you're out there walking the talk, and you're out there fighting and scrapping and clawing and battling with us in the back of the plane, having a beer with us, playing cards on the plane, you're part of it. But like, if you're not, if you're not playing because of injury, you already kind of lost your voice. Now if you're not playing because you got suspended, and yeah, he 100%, in my opinion, I don't know, maybe they take him back in and say, you be you, we don't care if you get suspended. I don't think that's the case. But yeah, 100%, like, what's he, what's he going to say? He's not there. Right. He's not there. So now he's just going to jump back in. And it was something that was in your control at that. Yeah. Like well, you all get, of it you, is. You, that's what I mean. Jordan like, Poole was too. Yeah, like you, you, you twist your ankle. That was out of your control. Right. But you missed time because it was something that you didn't have to do. No, and I think you're right. FP, that's just human nature. Now, Draymond has probably built up enough equity over the years where, you know, he can get back and kind of... He's also, what I've noticed about Draymond Green, he's... And this kind of sounds oxymoronic because of some of the things he does, but he's extremely self-aware. He really is. And just... So I think... Is also going to depend on how the Warriors are playing. If he comes, if or around the time time he comes back, if they're playing awful basketball, he'll probably he'll probably like you know feel it out. Be like maybe I do need to reinsert myself a little more abruptly. But if they're playing great basketball, I can really see him going to Steve and being like, "How do you want to play this? Do you want me? Do you want to slow slow play me back in and bring me off the bench?" Like he did that when he got suspended when he uh, stepped on Sabonis during that playoff series. He came back. And he didn't start the next game. And Steve said it was Dre's idea. Dre Dre came into the locker room and said, Steve, you guys won without me. Kavan played a great game. I don't want to ruin the flow. I'm going to come off the bench. And to me, that is great self-awareness. And I think he'll do the same thing. He got better self-awareness in the heat of battle when he loses his temper. Seriously, it's just impulse, man. Um, look, the, the lines are, are lit up now talking about Draymond. Let's go to Bill in San Jose. He says Draymond Green is a mess. What's up, Bill? Yeah, you know, uh, hey, how you guys doing? Good. Um, so, it, it, you know, the whole idea that Draymond has a voice and lost his voice and all of that, for the life of me, I cannot figure out why anybody would want to listen to Draymond Green. Um, he, he's, he's pretty accomplished, Bill. He's pretty accomplished. He's pretty accomplished. You got to give him that, right? He's pretty accomplished. You know, you know. I, I think if you go back and you look at it, he's, the only, he's basically never been the third best player on the team. It was either Iguodala or Durant or, I mean, uh, most recently it was Wiggins for, you know, um, at least a year. I, I, I just think he's overrated. I think that people have played into letting him be overrated. He's overrated in his own mind. And he's, his ability to control himself has always been a problem. And it's raised its head. People have given him a pass. But at this point, I don't know why anybody would want to listen to his voice. All right, Bill, appreciate that. Bill thinks uh, Draymond Green is overrated. I respectfully disagree. I think he has been a pretty key to this Warriors run. I don't think they have four championships without Draymond Green. I think he does. We see what he does on the floor. I think uh, he is done even more probably on things where you don't see in the box score. And look, at the end of the day, FP, and I'm sure you can attest to this, being a pro athlete yourself, when the main guy loves you, you're going to have a job. And Steph Curry is loyal to Draymond Green. He Draymond is going to be around as long as Steph wants him to. If the Warriors brass wants to get rid of Draymond Green, best believe Steph Curry is going to get a call first. And, hey, 
this is what we have in place. This is what we want to do. We would love your blessing. And it's never gotten to that point. It has never gotten to that point. And I know. Is it at that point now, though? That's a good question. Now, that's a question I don't know the answer to. I know for a fact in the past. Steph is going like, dude, uncle. Yeah. Like, I need you out here. You're not here for me. Like, I need you. Right. And I need the Draymond that helped us win four championships, not the Draymond that's committing a, a foul on a, 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 a three-point shot up by three with two seconds left or taking a wild swing at somebody, flailing at somebody, choking somebody, punching a teammate. I need the, I need the old Draymond because that Draymond won us four championships. Like right now, dude, you're not helping us win anything right? because you're not here. Yeah, and we had a caller yesterday, FP, that resonated with me, and I hadn't looked at it from this perspective before, and I I, I understood it. Uh, she said, look, I've been a Warriors fan my whole life. The last you know 12 years have been the funnest times of my life as a sports fan. And when I watched the Warriors, they brought me so much joy. They had fun playing basketball. It was beautiful basketball, a beautiful brand optically, and it gave you the feels. You just felt good watching, and these guys loved each other, and it was, it was amazing. But the last couple of years, watching Draymond... It's like draining, and it, it, it sucks the joy out of it. He's always he's always arguing with the refs. He's always getting into fights with people, and it's just not fun the way it was fun earlier in the run. And I'm just at my, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. And I was like, wow, I didn't look at it from that point of view. Like, you know, I'm I look at it from a more objective point of view. Obviously, I'm not a fan. I, I'm a journalist. I, I cover the team. Um, but from a fan's point of view, to hear a fan say it's not fun anymore watching Draymond, the sideshow, the constant arguing with people, whether it's a ref or another player, it's just not fun anymore. It's not what I want to watch. When he was pounding his chest in Sacramento and inciting the fans there. Yeah, and, now, and that the, was not self-aware. That, that, I mean, th- there's just so many things that I, I think when you're talking about like what he used to bring to the table and what he's bringing to the table right now, it's just... I think, generally speaking, a lot of times what fans are thinking, we're thinking as players. Mm-hmm. We just can't say it publicly, right? So they're, they're we're that, all that's human. A great, at the whoever day. said that, that's a great take because yeah. you had joy watching. They brought you joy, and they probably still do. Yeah, I mean, when Steph goes off and against the Celtics, they won the other yeah. night. Went out of the arena, I was like, yeah, yeah let's amazing. go there with champ Warriors. Like, so yeah, I mean, it's still there. Um, but yeah, that was just a beautiful brand of basketball where it was selfless. Everybody checking their ego at the door and it was all about winning. Now it seems like ego might be getting in the way. And I've said this a million times. And if you guys have been listening the last couple of weeks, I forgive forgive me for repeating myself. But like, I've seen athletes have more trouble dealing with success than dealing with failure. Because right. failure, you know, we all, to get to the top level... It had to fight through stuff. Mm-hmm. We all had like injuries, or you can't do it. You're too short. You're too small. You're not good enough. Steph, Steph is a perfect example. Like yeah. you watch his documentary, mm-hmm. unbelievable. The, all what he had to overcome was being undersized and underappreciated. Couldn't get a look from one Couldn't ACC get a look. school. So he, he's he he is he is the epitome of proving people wrong. But we all we all go through that, and and I feel like that team had such a great fun brand of basketball and they loved each other and i think the niners are a lot like that the niners seem like they're selfless they mm-hmm. seem like they're checking the egos at the door they don't care if kittle scores three touchdowns one week or mccaffrey scores two or debo gets three right or nobody cares who gets the credit down there and they're all fired up for who does get the credit and they're excited about who gets the credit because kyle's got them believing that if they win a championship or maybe they have themselves they're policing themselves it, they if if you can check your egos at the door at the highest level, and trust me, there's egos from the lowest guy on the team to the highest guy on the team. Like they all have egos. If you can check all those in and not make it about you, but to make it about us, and know that if you win, everything takes care of itself. Right. You get paid, I get paid, he gets paid, he gets paid. And it's all predicated on us winning. Once we win, all that stuff follows. It's kind of the chicken and egg thing. But if you want to get your numbers and you want to make it about you, then you don't win that way. Right. But you have a chance to put up numbers and set up your family for a long time. Yeah. So like that's a hard thing as a coach at the highest level. Whenever there's a small window of opportunity to make money for the rest of your life, it's three, four years, whatever yeah, it is, if you're lucky, you gotta do it. Yeah. Draymond Green, he's a lightning rod. Our phone lines lighting up. Let's go to Richmond. We got Raymond. He says Draymond Green needs to go. What's up, Ray? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you, man? Um 
I'm all right. I'm just a little frustrated with getting in my work van every morning, turning on the sports talk, and hearing two hours about Draymond Green. Like, this guy got to go, man. Like, we're tired of hearing about it. Get out of here. Control yourself. You're a grown man. He's getting old, and he can't handle it. How long have you... Oh, we we lost Ray, but hey, I think know, he ran into a telephone pole. Serious. I heard it. He he sounded miserable. Yeah. Jeez, is that, he okay? That sound when you hear like the little bloom, yeah. that's them hanging up on us. Oh, so okay. we didn't hang up on him. He just wanted to get his he, take and I and think he up. drove off a cliff. I hope Raymond or I hope is he okay? I hope Ray is good. Does man. he have one he, of those nine one one things automatically? He, he, he did phone? not. He did Life not alert. sound good. Well, look, there's a good question that we just like stumbled into. Is like, is it fun to watch the Warriors right now like it used to be? Right, and not even just like this season just kind of the theme over the last year and a half we will get into that but we also have a special guest dusty baker's coming on man bakes coming on dusty baker i can't wait to this conversation you know he's such a heavyweight here in the bay area he's such a heavyweight here in the sport of baseball we love dusty so we're going to get into that conversation on the other side it is football friday it's brought to you by first five california to learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress, go to first5california.com. We got Dusty Baker on the other end of the break. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.